Hello and welcome to episode four of Hearing in Colour with Matt Simon. In these next few episodes, I'm going to do a deep dive into the songwriting of an EP I wrote for my band Indigoast. To start with, it'll be the opening track, Burn. The song is a fictional account of a breakup and how the person is dealing with their anger of the situation. As I own all the rights and recordings for these, I can play the whole thing for you and then go into the details. See 
All right, so that was Burn. We'd open the show with that song. It's got a big, solid, chunky riff and quite loud, energetic. So, good one to start with. So, as I said before, this is a fictional story about someone who is dealing with jealousy and anger from a breakup. I always find it's very important to define the song first, what the song is about, because then all the other elements can be placed in sequence and can work towards the goal of expressing the feelings. Sometimes you might, yeah, just have like a banging riff and play that call. Cool, we're going to put that together. And I think that's what happened with this. But once I'd worked out the theme of everything, it all came together. And then I was able to more consciously construct the song. Most songs are written in 4-4. This starts in 6, which is a little bit technically an odd time signature, but it's still consistent because it's in a bass 2. So instead of 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, which gives it a little more... Uh, length and a bit more breadth to the riff. Chord progression underlying this is quite simple. C minor, A flat, B flat, C minor. But to really drag this out and stretch the tension, chords have been extended and stretched. But still keeping mainly around the power chords to give it some punch. What you can do on guitar is the power chords are normally constructed root, fifth, octave. So we can consider these bottom, middle, top. If you put one of the middle ones on the bottom, you get this fourth, and it gives a real chunky sound because it implies there's even more notes underneath. So it gives it a really heavy sound. So by using those as much as I could, With my synesthesia, I see these chunky riffs as monolithic blocks of stone, like chunks of Stonehenge, these like enormous rock blocks outlying the rhythm. And the bass and drums follow that exactly, the rhythm, so everything stacks up and it's big and heavy. So for the lyrics, uh, imagine someone going through a breakup and the theme of the song was someone dealing with anger, but also how it would look in terms of energy. In a previous episode, I talked about the aura and how it looks like the colours are swirling around a person. If someone is in a good mood or happy, spiritually developed, these colours are generally refined colours like pastel colours, and this is mentioned in the lyrics. If someone is angry, then the colours darken, so you get these blacks and reds. So to start with, and this does seem a little bit uh, melodramatic, I wrote the lyrics a few years ago. I see it like a child flowing above. Um... Like a child, sometimes um, young kids have the ability to see things um, outside what we consider our normal perception, and um, then they're perhaps taught or institutionalised. No, no, that doesn't exist. You can't see that anymore. So referencing um, that a person can see the auras, I see it like a child flowing above. It's always on display, so it's always there if you can see it. The fallout from love, again, this Time is Time for a quick ad. Do you like Still free money? To see you in the arms Who of another. Sign up today for a free crypto.com debit card, and you and I get so twenty-five dollars each. The pain of a breakup. Also, you get between and one the and pastel colours bleed to red. In so the colours in the show aura be these nice pastel colours, but then with the angry, when they become angry, uh, the colours darken, turn to red. Feel the heat flush on my skin, so that's anger. Generally, these are the physical sensations. Sunset wrapped around my head, so I imagine these dark, swirling, angry red colours looked a bit like a sunset, and then because it's the emotions that they're feeling, it'll be swirling around the head. The list I burn is a lesson learned, um, so this means um, if they can learn to manage their anger, then they'll be better off. <laughs> 
For the chorus, I double the speed of the tempo and give a really different change in feel. So for the verse has these chunky... But then a much more flowing... Much more open chords, so they don't have this chunky feel. They're flowing, a lot more movement, and it gives a massive contrast to the slow pounding trudge of the verse. It's a much more agile movement with the band as a whole. Next up we have a solo from Lee, who was our co-lead guitarist at the time. I wanted to make sure I wasn't playing all the guitar parts in the album, so Lee did the first two solos of this song, and then the second half of the solo on Shapeshifter. I remember it took him a while to send them over, and then when he sent them over, I had a few notes for him, some adjustments to make, which he wasn't too happy about. But it sounds excellent, and he played really, really well on these. I'm uh, really happy with this solo, and when I listen to it back, I can't hear any mistakes or anything I'd change about it. Then when James joined the band afterwards, he learnt those solos and played them pretty well. Second verse. I'll never be at peace in this confusion, a situation still without resolution. So, things are still going on, still hurts. It always looks the same, moth to the flame. So moth to the flame meaning he's still drawn to the person he was in a relationship with. A self-destructive peak week after week. So dealing with it in a bad way and the anger obviously is um, self-destructive and unhealthy on multiple levels. There's another chorus and then we get to the bridge section which is still a bit more melodramatic. I'm alone, no more left to lose. Find some affection, it won't matter whose. So this sounds pretty desperate and just uh, clutching at straws, really. For the bridge section, I wanted to have a different feel for that, and there's introducing new chords. So we've got the first two from C minor, but then this major chord, D flat major, gives um, a little bit of hope because it's a major chord, but also it's a bit of a sigh as well. So this is played on the distorted guitar, but here's what it sounds like on the clean. When writing guitar harmonies, I like the harmony parts to be completely different to each other. So this one is a totally different rhythm from the first guitar part. And together they sound like this. The bass part, I wanted something really different to give a different feel for this. So instead of just a chugging stream of notes, came up with this crazy tap and bass line and I've lost the original source file of the recording so this is apologies it's a MIDI bass line but this is what's played that's pretty mad it's pretty difficult to play I'm not sure if Remy played that um, note for note when we were playing the live stuff but it sounded pretty good live anyway here it is on the recording And for the harmonies immediately following this, I wanted some quite technical guitar playing. So on one hand we have the chords being picked out. This pattern goes around four times and the harmony part changes at the end. So we have... This kind of thing, and with extra added endings a bit more speed. 
that harmony part, I wanted the melody line to feel like it was dancing around. So imagine someone holding a sparkler and they're waving it around, the movement of the light you'd see. That's what I wanted, and that's what I saw in my mind. Here it is on the recording. After that we have another excellent solo from Lee, he's really ripping it out on this one. The chords change from C minor for the first two chords and then D flat major in the third chord. So as a lead player you need to be aware that you're changing key and work the melody lines around that accordingly. And he did a really really good job on this. So if you listen to the first part of the solo, it's a big run and he's and that note that he hits at the end of that run really outlines the key change. He then overlaid a harmony so there's two guitars playing for a little bit which sounds really cool. Technique is excellent and he's playing with a good feel. Lots of people talk about, oh, I've got the feel, man. It's, got a, it's not just shredding, not loads of notes. I've got feel. And he's got a good sense of melody and a very good sense of timing as well because the notes are fast, but they're all absolutely in time. And if they are in time and locked in with the music, it really adds to a sense of pace. And he's got that down absolutely spot on. There's good phrasing and pauses. And then a standard thing was just doing a little fast run up to the end and hitting a bending note wow, 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 to finish. Really is an absolute bang of a solo and really kept in with the pace of the song at that point. So then we've got another chorus and then my solos at the end. And if I'm being honest, I think Lee has outplayed me on this song, but that's what you want really. Um, if you're the best player in the band, then what is everyone else bringing to the band? I'm now playing over the intro riff. So because the feel is a lot slower, I wanted a, a slower feel and a much more of a sort of drag and painful, um, kind of a, a wrenching, um, just yeah, <laughs> painful basically. I haven't got any key changes to play with, so it's all the same chord, which makes it a little bit easier. But then it also, that can be harder as well because you've got less uh, of a, a landscape to work over. So you've got to make more scenery for yourself. Imagine a guy trying to, so to speak, drag himself up by his bootstraps. So everything's an effort, like he's trying to drag himself out of bed, trying to drag himself up emotionally. So it's that struggle. So the solo does build to a climax in the way that a lot of them do, but it's a much slower more drawn out uh, ascent. And I finished with this lick, um, which is one that to me, uh, it's blue because of the tone of the guitar. And also I see the texture of these notes as like raindrops falling into a puddle. Possibly a cliched image, but <laughs> that's uh, the impression that I get. Can't finish without mentioning Martin's drumming, which has been excellent throughout the EP and I really enjoyed playing with him. Hopefully I get to record some more stuff with him soon. The drum part becomes a lot busier halfway through the solo and everything really builds to the climax and there's a lot more. So there's more notes coming along, but the pace of the song doesn't increase, but it increases the intensity. There's more going on. It just feels like things are coming to a head and then BAM! Done. Excellent stuff. It's such a pleasure to play with good musicians and also people who really understand what you're going for in your music because they'll bring ideas to the table that you won't have thought of and the end result is that the, the finished product is better than you could have ever imagined. Teamwork makes the dream work.
That's it for this episode of Deep Dive on Songwriting. Thanks for listening. It's a window into my warped mind. Uh, the next episode is going to be Shapeshifter, which is about a shaman turning into a werewolf. That's a really cool song and was very popular live. You can find us hearing in colour on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube where you can find pictures and links. If you'd like to earn money with no effort at all simply by having your phone on, the data's being sold around the world anyway and the Tapestry app helps you take a cut. Link in the show notes.